American corn farmers, a proud and chosen profession inspired through generations. Tested, resilient, and committed to giving back as much as they're growing, pushing the boundaries of what's possible with every bushel, while replenishing every increasingly precious resource, like the reduction of soil loss by 40% with every acre grown. In a world where sustainability matters more than ever, we need all the help we can get. And there's no greater resource than the capable hands of American corn farmers. To off limits, liberal, irreverent, oh, and really, really gay. Welcome to the show, everybody. Sorry about that. I actually didn't mean to play that right off the bat. But anyway, there it was. That was a new song. It's coming out, actually, in January by Jason Dotley. Um, we interviewed him on our The Crew show um, last week, and it was a great experience. We actually had a lot of fun interviewing him. He seems like a really fun guy and um, adorable as well. So it's uh, it was fun to interview him. But he has a new song coming out in January. And actually, the first exclusive listen anywhere... Uh, outside of his managers and uh, himself was um, on our show, The Crew. So be sure to check out the entire episode of The Crew. 
the interview we did with him at thecrewshow.net and click on his interview and you can listen to it there. Or, of course, of course on Spreaker.com. Um, so thanks for joining me tonight on the Gay Mass Show. I've had a Gay Mass Show in a while. I haven't had a lot going. I've had a lot going on lately and have been, um, of course, the holidays. And then I was sick for almost a week or like three or four days. And um, so I'm just now getting back to the swing of things, getting caught up with business and things of that nature, as well as my personal life. And so I thought I'd quickly do a, a show, a gay mass show. It's been a while, so it was time to do one. Um, so what is new in gay news? What's going on in gay culture? What's going on that's all gay? Well, this is the place to, to find out here on the gay mass show. Um, hey, David, in the chat room, thanks for joining me. Uh, and so if you're interested in... Um, Knowing more about me, you can go to offlimitsshow.com. That's offlimitsshow.com. You can also listen to the show live there. You can listen to the show actually live on um, Spreaker.com with a Spreaker app if you have an iPhone. Um, you can download the Spreaker app for free. You can also listen to it on iTunes uh, and on um, some other places, I think. <laughs> so uh, if you're around and you want to know more about me, you can find out there. Also, Twitter and Facebook, of course, I'm on there as well. <clears throat> so there's been a lot going on, of course, uh, late, as of lately in the gay world. There always seems to be. Um, one of the things that happened recently was a... Um, a Maryland man, um, a student rather, at a college um, applied to be in a frat or tried to be in a frat fraternity. I think he rushed the fraternity or whatever, whatever. <clears throat> and um, they denied his application. Um, the, the chapter's name is um, Kappa Alpha Psi, uh, is the actual fraternity name. And the chapter is the Alpha Iota chapter at uh, some Maryland university. Anyway, so he applied to be in the in the in the um, the frat, and they actually denied him. And by doing so, they said essentially it was because he was a faggot and gay and blah blah blah, a bunch of derogatory messages essentially, and um, on and on and on. So he's actually. Um, I think he's suing them or something, or the, the flat, the frat has been placed on probation as a result of this. And, um, the college says that they won't be able to participate in official activities as a result of it, et cetera. So I'm very happy about this because the college says, quote, we reject all forms of discrimination, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that the members responsible for this reprehensible act have been excommunicated. We pledge a year of, um, Oh, no, actually, sorry, that's not what they said. They didn't say any of that. Hold on. Let me read this again. I read this earlier, and I forgot some facts, obviously. Actually, what happens is they... Uh, the, the, yeah, the, the fraternity has done nothing about it. The fraternity has done nothing about it itself, but the college has, so that's good. And that's good because when I was in college, um, I've mentioned this before, um, when I was at SMU, I started a chapter of a national gay fraternity there called Delta, Delta Lambda Phi, and when I started that fraternity, it was um, because I went through rush. I mean, I didn't really go through the rush process, but I had been dirty rushed, which is when they actually bring you on the uh, the Calpha. What was the name? Of, what was the name of that house? It was the um, the Pike House, the Phi Kappa Alpha House. Yeah, they actually uh, brought me and my freshman. We were freshmen, a doormate, uh, the second week of school to their frat house and they tried to rush us or whatever that way. You're not supposed to do that. It's called dirty rushing. 
And they fed us beer and, you know, they're pretty girls there and that crap like that. Like I had any interest in that. Um, but anyway, so, and I went, I went, knew about some other fraternities as well, but I was, um, interested in, uh, a fraternity among gay men. And so I started a fraternity that would foster, um, relationships and friendships, not romantic ones among gay men. And that's what I really wanted. Cause I didn't really have, have a lot of gay male friends. I still don't have a lot of gay male friends. I have a few, but that's it. Uh, most of my friends are heterosexual. So, and I guess that's not that uncommon, but a lot of gay men just have gay friends only. And I'm not one of those. I have primarily heterosexual friends. And so I really wanted to make sure I had at the time friends that were gay and I could maybe foster lifelong friendships with gay men. Well, of course I did that and I started a fraternity and, um, it was not well received by the, um, campus at all. And I didn't even think about the fact what I was doing was a big deal. I just felt, well, this is something that there's a need for. It doesn't exist. I didn't think twice about it. I just went ahead and did it. And, um, I didn't ask the school's permission or anything to sanction it or anything. But once it got out that I was doing this fraternity, the news media came, the local news, I was on the news on TV. I was in papers and Dallas morning news and Dallas voice and the daily campus. And I did all, I did all of this because I believed in what I was doing and the mission behind it. And so, um, I continued on and, um, hold on one second. Sorry, excuse me for the typing. Um, I, so I continued on with it and tried to um, get it sanctioned by the school. The school would not um, sanction it, and they would not uh, allow us to have allow them to have another fraternity on campus because they said they were out of room for houses, etc. And of course, we didn't have to have our own house necessarily, but we certainly wanted to have um, you know recognition by the school. And so it went up to vote by the school, by SMU, by the student council, whether or not we would be recognized. I didn't even ask for it to be recognized, but they apparently felt it was necessary because there was a bunch of media about it. And of course, they they denied it and said no. Um, so anyway, I, I was I was uh, that was my experience with the fraternity, and I did the I, but we still had the fraternity anyway outside and unofficially, um, even though it was unofficial on SMU's campus, it was a nationally recognized fraternity that was actually. Uh, official that way. So we had, you know, we had all the stuff you're supposed to do. We had events and fun stuff like that. And I don't know, it was a fun time. And I did feel like I was fostering friendships with uh, people. But as is often the case among gay men, you get a lot of gay men together, just like with a bunch of women. I'm sorry to make that distinct, that, uh, that draw that, that uh, comparison, but it's true. Um, a lot of cattiness, infighting, jealousy, lies, just a bunch of bullshit. Um, as a result of it that happened. I mean, as a whole story behind it, I'm not going to go into on the show, but um, it ended up being something far less than what I wanted. So after I, you know, after that, I, I was never, I never did the fraternity anymore. But anyhow, it was, um, but I think fraternities in themselves can be good things that you can foster long lifetime, lifelong relationships with other people, gay people or straight people, whatever with, and I think it's important um, I think they serve an important um, um, service to people, whether you realize it or not. And unless you're in a fraternity or a sorority where or some kind of group where you feel like you belong and you people actually all kind of support one another, then it's really not something you necessarily understand. And a lot of people look at fraternities as being elitist, and they are elitist because they only select so many people to come into them. But they are also they also have positive aspects as well. So. My my point was I was glad that the school actually did say something about it, um, whereas SMU would not have. At the time, SMU was rated one of the most homophobic schools in the nation. 
because uh, it's a very conservative school, always has been, always will be. Um, hello, the Bush Library is built there. So it wasn't exactly the place to do that. But I was so young and so ignorant. I just felt like, well, I didn't really, you know, I mean, that's what's great about being young, at least for when I was young, I had no fear about anything. I mean, I just did something. I wanted to do something. I did it. I didn't care what the, what other people thought about it. I didn't care what they thought about me. I was like, you know, fuck them. And that's how I still am now, fortunately. But I think a lot of people lose that as they age. And I think that I'm been fortunate to, to maintain it. So, so also in the news is um, the story about, um, and actually on the cruise show, we did a, um, a, a show about the waitress that was stiffed by um, some customers. And she said that the customers had written this very homophobic thing on her receipt, uh, saying that they couldn't tip her because she, they didn't believe in her lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. Well, it came out eventually that actually that, couple that she had served came out and said, we are not homophobic. We don't hate gay people at all, blah, blah, blah. We would never write something like that or do that. This is not true. She's lying. And as it slowly trickled out, this girl, her name was, or is Dana Morales is the actual waitress, a lesbian. It came out that she had been lying and she had a long history of pathological lying and a long history of being um, deceitful and whatever. And so she had, as a result of this story making national news, received out thousands of dollars in donations from people who felt sorry for her and wanted to support her or whatever. And she had said that she was donating the money to the nonprofit, the Wounded Warriors um, Project, um, which is a gay and lesbian. Um, I think it's, I don't think it's just gay and lesbian. I think it's everything, but anyway, it's for wounded warriors, I guess. <laughs> um, but so the, apparently she never donated a cent of the money to them or anything. And it's coming out that she had lied. Now she hasn't, that I know of admitted to any guilt, but she has refunded the money. She has refunded the money to, uh, or begun to refund money through PayPal to the people who had sent her money. So at least she has some sort of honor, but it's sad when someone, you know, this kind of person gives the gay, gay community a very bad name, obviously. Um, but just like in the heterosexual community, you have bad apples and she's one of ours um, or bad fruit. <laughs> so anyway, she's absolutely, you know, an embarrassment. And it's, I mean, it just makes people not want to do good things for people when they take advantage of people this way. You know, it's like when you give people money, homeless people money or something, and they go home and drive their, their Rolls Royce home or something. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? So um, it certainly isn't, you know, the thing to do in my opinion, but it is unfortunately um, what she did. So whatever. Um, I don't know if she's hiding out or if she's been found or what, or she's still coming to work. I think she was fired. I'm not sure. Um, if she's been fired, actually, I mean, I mean it says right here, she, she has been, uh, it says that the, the nonprofit war veterans charity wounded warriors couldn't verify that it had received a single penny from Morales who has been suspended from her waitressing job pending an investigation into the incident. Um, but anyway, well, you know, good. She should be. I just think that's abhorrent, but whatever. I mean, there's some people who just have no absolute, absolutely no like morality. So, all right, so we're going to be right back. I'm going to take a break, come back, and we're going to talk about uh, older older and younger men because Tom Daly apparently is dating Destin Lance Black, and we'll talk about that when we come back. Um, be right back after this. Mm-hmm. 
All right, that's uh, Linger from um, the Cranberries. So welcome back to Gay Mass. So uh, we're talking about the latest gay news and gay everything. So if you want to um, know what's going on in the media and the press, this is the place for you. So there is a story about um, Lance Bass. I'm not Lance Bass. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Lan- Dustin Lance Black, whom is the one who directed uh, Milk, the movie about Harvey Milk. Um, he actually had a um, porn uh, or a sex tape that was released by a guy he had been dating of him getting fucked, basically bareback. Um, came out last year, the year before, or whatever. And so he's been sort of in the kind of... Um, in the media's eye specifically about because of that for a long time now. Um, but he actually is now apparently dating 
uh, Tom Daly. Is he saying Tom Daly? Let me see. What's his name? Um, it's uh, what is his name? Um, I can't remember his name. It's uh, yeah, Tom Daly. The he's the UK swim Olympic diver, um, and he's actually. 20 years younger than Dustin Lance Black is. And so people have been making a huge deal out of this, calling it a May-December romance, which is, I think, ridiculous. I mean, come on. I don't think Dustin Lance Black at 38 years old, which is how old I am, is in the December of his life yet. And I don't think that, you know, you know whatever. So uh, people make a huge deal out of the fact that he's so much older than um, than Tom is. Now, I know when I was um, 20 years old, I was dating guys in their mid to late 30s. I was. Uh, and I was definitely... Uh, interested in those kinds of men. I still was, you know, I still would be today if I were single. So, I mean, what I'm saying is someone who's older than me, even like if I were dating someone who's 58, I would I, like 58 right now. Would I date someone who's 58 right now? Probably not. Cause 50 is probably I, up to 55. If I were single, I would date somebody up to 55, but, um, you know, I don't think I'd go over that, but I've dated guys older than myself all my life because that's what I prefer. Generally speaking, my husband is seven years older than I am. My previous relationship, long-term relationship before that, the guy was five years older than I was. Before that, the guy was also five years older than I was. And so usually it's around the five to seven-year age range for me is is the age range that I prefer. Um, I've never really liked younger guys, but some guys do. And so is there anything wrong with the fact that he's 38 and um, that – or is he 38? Let's see how old he actually is. Hold on. I could be telling you wrong here. Um, Let's see. Where is it? I had it on here somewhere. Hold on just a second. So they had, I think 30, he may be 42 or something. But anyway, there's a 20-year difference between them. And so is there? do you guys think there's anything wrong with that? There's anything wrong with dating someone that that's that much of an age difference? And I think we've talked about this on the, for, the show before, you know, whether it matters at any age or if it depends on the age of the people, you know, so is 20, let's say 20 and 38, is that too much of a difference? Or is 25 and 45 too much of a difference? Is 30 and 50 too much of a difference? I mean, so to me, I think it depends on the age that they are um, more than anything at all. I think that that's what matters the most. So you know, you know, like I've said before, a 20 year old in a really vastly different place, usually than someone who's 38 years old. Uh, 38 year old, usually more established in their career, financially, uh, maybe ready to have kids or already has them. Whereas someone who's 20 is just probably going out all the time and having fun, getting to know who they are as a, as a human being and as a person. So I think that that age range can present an issue. Absolutely. But sometimes you've get, you've got guys who are far more, you know, um, far more, um, mature than their peers, as I feel I was. Uh, and they typically connect more or better with people who are older. So that's how I was. And so that's how he probably is as well. Or maybe he's just a boy toy. Who the fuck knows? Uh, also James Franco lately, he came out with this thing, this, um, thing he called 50 shades of Batman and Robin. And it was kind of hot actually, cause he had on this leather, uh, leather harness on his chest and he had like this Batman thing over it, you know, the Batman emblem. And but then the next photo has the, he has the Batman um, mask on. On top of it, he has what looks like cum spewing down this front of his mask. So it's like he has absolute. <laughs> it's like somebody just came on his face, i.e., Robin or something. 
Um, and so it's kind of, I mean, it looks just like cum. It's, I'm sure it's not. Well, I'm not sure it's not, but it looks very much like it. It's probably some kind of lube or something, but it is really kind of, um, it's very homoerotic, you know, and he considers it to be definitely artistic, but so why is, why do you think he's so obsessed with gay culture? It's like the guy is constantly talking about gay people, constantly doing gay movies, playing gay roles. He is incredibly, incredibly intrigued, he says, by gay culture. So I wonder why that is. <clears throat> but he says if he were gay, he would just say he was gay. And I think I believe that because he's so gay and yet he's not that I believe he's probably straight. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, I believe him. If he if he actually were gay, he probably would just come out and say, yeah, I'm gay. He wouldn't give a shit. But so I don't I just don't get his fascination with gay, the gay culture or gay people or gay men specifically. But more power to him. He's an adorable guy, a great actor and, you know, beautiful to look at. So I'm fine with it, too. And then Audrey McDonald, she actually who's a gay icon of the theater. Um, she actually used to be on a show called um, Private Practice, which was a spinoff of Grey's Anatomy. And she was uh, on there. Uh, and she's African-American. And she's beautiful. And anyway, she is now starring in um, NBC's The Sound of Music live, a live you know, rendition of Sound of Music. And she, of course, is playing um, Maria, and as we all know, that it in the sound of music, if you've seen it, and I'm sure you have if you're homosexual, um, that it actually has, you know, it's talking about the Von Trapp family and they're escaping the Nazis or whatever. And so they said someone posted on her Twitter after she had after she'd been on there, said Dave Dave forty four S on Twitter says, We turned it off after we saw a Negro nun. No Negro species in the sound of music. Wow. So somebody would have gone off on that guy, right? But what she said was what she said was, okay, so eighteen million five hundred and ninety-nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine viewers then. Because they had eighteen million six hundred thousand viewers. So I thought that was a classy way to handle it and not to actually get her rough feathers ruffled or whatever and actually just say fuck you essentially. Um I thought that was awesome. But you know, when we have People who are, and I was thinking about that because I was thinking about gay, gay culture and gays and, um, and, and African-Americans and other minorities around the world. And I'm thinking, I always find it so ironic when I find somebody who's gay. Um, not that that guy was specifically, but, you know, someone who's gay and also bigoted, it just makes no sense to me. It like boggles my mind. And I think, wow, it's like, what the fuck is the point of, of being, you know, how can you be a minority yourself and still be a racist or homophobe or misogynist or whatever. It makes no sense in my mind. It doesn't compute how you can, you can do the same thing that other people are doing to you to another group. That's also oppressed. I mean, it just makes no sense to me. So I don't know. I, I just find it really just, <clears throat> excuse me, disconcerting and uh, uncomfortable when things like that happen, but what the fuck ever. Um, and then also there is um, a new calendar, which I have to say is incredibly hot. It's called the men of Austin. Um, it's a man of Austin calendar and it has some incredibly hot guys in it. So if you haven't checked it out, you can check it out, um, by going to, um, let me find it. Hold on. Uh, Patrick Mark, Patrick Mark And you can actually buy it there. It's a 2014 man of Austin calendar. 
And these are some real men from Austin. And man, these guys are fucking beautiful. They're so fucking hot. Um, so if you like hot guys, definitely go to patrickmarkimages.com and check that out because he definitely has captured what it means to be a man. Okay. So uh, <laughs> we'll be right back after this. Don't go away. Welcome back to the show. So um, we were talking tonight about whatever's going on in gay news. 
um, gay topics, whatever. Um, oh, by the way, if you want to call into the show, you can. I forgot to turn on the Skype thing today, but I'll turn it on real quick in case you do want to call into the show and chat with me about whatever's on your mind. I forget to turn the fucking phone on all the time. So I'll do that as well. Um, but you can call in at, um, if you have Skype, a Skype number, or not a Skype number, but a Skype uh, um, account, um, you can call in just by using your um, your Skype and use Off Limits Show to call in if you want to do it that way. Uh, but you can also, of course, call in using your phone by using 214-377-0481 if you'd like to call in. That way you can as well. So just let me know if you want to call in and I'll be happy to take your call. So, um, wait one second here. Uh, so now it's, you know, getting close to Christmas and, um, hold on a second. Sorry. Um, it's getting close to Christmas now. And, um, you know, I think about Christmas and the holidays about doing good for people and, you know, whatever, of course, and you should think that way all year round, but people, all of us are so, you know, consumed with our own lives. Sometimes we forget to, uh, do good for others, you know, all the time. So since it is the holidays, you know, I, I ask, you know, you to consider doing something for people, whether it's buying a kid a gift, it's homeless or something, or donating to a shelter, donating your time, giving money, giving food to a food bank, whatever, because, um, you know, the truth is the world doesn't go around without us actually doing something about it. But anyway, um, I think when it comes to being gay and Christmas time, you know, whenever I walk past one of those bell ringers or whatever, the Salvation Army people, I seriously just want them to say something to me. Just say, would you like to donate to the Salvation Army? Blah, 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 blah. Because they, sometimes they ask me and sometimes they don't. But a lot of times they don't. I think because my demeanor is so, like, stern about it. I'm, like, walking past them, like, just dare you, bitch. Say something to me. <laughs> because, because the Salvation Army, although it is actually a very good charity, meaning it does a lot of good, it actually does do a lot of good. It does give a lot of money and a lot of resources to the people that need it. However... Their policies on gay people are abhorrent, and they actually hate gay people and think then gay people should all die or whatever. But I so I don't give them any money for that reason because of their policies on gays. So essentially, if someone they're going to give money to or help out is gay and they know about it, they won't do it because it's against their mission, which is God based or whatever, Christian based or whatever they say. So. Um, that's why I don't, uh, donate money to them at all. And I haven't for many, many, many years. So whenever a bell ringer, you know, at this time of year rings at me, I'm just thinking, just say something, please. So I can just fucking bitch you out and tell you what I'm not giving you any money, but unfortunately it hasn't happened yet. I haven't been out a lot lately cause I've been sick, but anyway, the past week anyway. So, um, I don't know if it's, uh, just me, but I think that, you know, when it comes to, giving money to someone, although I wanted to do good, I also wanted to go to someone who's not going to discriminate against me personally, obviously. I wanted to go to someone who's actually going to, you know, like, do it's going to go to good. So, um, sorry, I was reading something. So I think it's important that you do that. Um, then we have a, it's something I read on here earlier. I'm trying to find it. Where is it? If I can find it somewhere, it was about, um, oh, first of all, we've had a lot of snow here in Dallas, by the way, it's been crazy. It's been freezing. The power is so, so cold that trees are, are getting heavy and not used to, they're bearing under the weight. And so they're falling on power lines and stuff. And so people's power keep going out and everything else. Our power went out yesterday for like four hours 
or two hours. And today it went out for like an hour apparently before I woke up. Um, so you have to be careful. Okay. So I was going to go down here and I was going to talk about, um, on my Facebook page, some posts by people who post on the off limits show page and, um, tell you about some of the things that have been posted that I thought were interesting because people post on here all the time. And I'm like, um, interested to kind of share with you some of the things people think. And speaking, by the way, uh, before I get off the topic of Christianity or whatever, there I, po- I posted this the other day on my page, my Off Limits show page. There was, I've got to read this to you because it's just too good, okay? And I'm not a, a proponent of Christianity, but I am a proponent of, of someone who's Christ-like and follows Christ's meaning because I think it's important for people who are Christy or whatever to do that. If you're saying you're Christian, then you need to follow the teachings of Christ, not just what the Bible says, right? And so even though I'm not Christian, I thought I found this to be highly great, a wonderful thing. And so it's about church members who mistreated a homeless man in church because they were unaware that it was their pastor in disguise. So that's when I quickly read this to you. His name is Pastor Jeremiah Stepik, transformed himself into a homeless person and went to the 10,000 member church that he was to be introduced as the head pastor of that morning. He walked around his soon-to-be church for 30 minutes while it was filling with people for service. Only three people out of the seven to 10,000 people said hello to him. Three. He asked people for change to buy food. Not one in the church gave him change. He went into the sanctuary to sit down in the front of the church and was asked by the ushers if he would please sit in the back. He greeted people to be greeted back with stares and dirty looks, with people looking down on him and judging him. As he sat in the back of the church, he listened to the church announcements and such. When all of this was done, the elders went up and were excited to introduce the new pastor of the church to the congregation. We would like to introduce you to Pastor Jeremiah Stepik. The congregation looked around, clapping with joy and anticipation. The homeless man sitting in the back stood up and started walking down the aisle. The clapping stopped with all eyes on him. He walked up to the altar and took the microphone from the elders who were in on this and paused for a moment. Then he recited, this is the Christian stuff, but anyway, then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick and in prison and give to go to visit you? The king replies, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of those brothers, these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. After he recited this, he looked toward the congregation and told them all what he had experienced that morning. Many began to cry, and many heads were bowed in shame. He then said, Today I see a gathering of people, not a church of Jesus Christ. The world has enough people, but not enough disciples. When will you become dedicate to become disciples? He then dismissed the services until the next week. So and it says, following in the footsteps of Jesus Christ should be more than just talk. It ought to be a lifestyle that others around you can love about you and share in. So I think that's amazing. I found that to be one of the most amazing stories ever. And the best example of someone who truly gets when there is hypocrisy among you in your own church, in your own flock or whatever. This guy is, you know, a church guy, obviously he's a pastor. So in his own, 
his own church that he was coming to take care of and actually coming to, to tell how to behave or whatever, be who they're going to be, whatever the pastors do and lead them, I should say, um, we're, we're acting the complete antithesis of what he was about and what that church was supposed to be about. And so what it makes me think of is when people treat gay people badly who are, you know, at this time of year specifically, just because they're gay. So I've known many instances where there are gay people who are homeless or gay people who need help or whatever. And if, if a church, they go to a church for help, that church sometimes will turn them away and not help them. It happens a lot, especially if they're, uh, they're known to be gay and, and they don't want to help them because they're gay and they don't agree with their quote unquote lifestyle choices. Or if they have HIV, possibly, whether you're gay or straight, or if they're a prostitute, or if there's someone who's an outcast, someone who doesn't conform to their idea of what it means to be a good individual or a good human being. So I find um, uh, the hypocrisy uh, in America and American religious, religions and churches and institutions to be staggering. And this specific example I read to you just illustrates that even more. So I hope that people this Christmas, whatever someone is, even if they're a Republican, <laughs> even if a Republican, a right-wing Republican conservative bigoted asshole comes and asks you for change or asks you to help, um, you know, to help with uh, money or needs food to eat or whatever, that you too will help because I think it's important that we help each other, no matter who it is. And I would do that, even if a fucking Republican, I could, if, let's say Ann Coulter, whom I fucking cannot stand. I hate, I think she's fucking Satan incarnate. She were homeless, which she's never going to be. But let's say if she were homeless and she came to me and she said, she said, Donovan, I need help. I know you're a faggot. I know you're a faggot. I know that. I know you are. And I, I think you're disgusting and wrong. And I know you're a liberal, but I, I just need help. Can you just give me some money for a McDonald's meal? And I would definitely do it. I would definitely do it because that's the kind of person that I am. And it has nothing to do with my religious beliefs. It has to do with a character in my being. And so I hope that you all will feel the same way. Um, thanks for listening. Good night.
you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com.